This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. This week's topic from the book is Q4.10, Lizard Building, the building of effective organizations. For those of you keeping score at home, this episode of QSource marks the 50th and final installment. It began way back in January with disruption. If you have not been engaging in and being a source of disruption, you are just not trying hard enough. I joined F3 in January of 2018. Halfway through February, I was on my second reading of the Q source. And the years since, I have gone through it several times and, I said it before, I learn something new every time. More importantly, some of it is starting to stick. Dredd's first main point regarding lizard building. Effective organizations are built through relationships, not rules. An organization is a group of two or more people that voluntarily combine for the accomplishment of an articulated purpose. To be effective, an organization must be purposeful. Of the three types of organizations, lizards, bullfrogs, and leeches, it is only the lizard that will help the virtuous leader accomplish his purpose. The other two will only hold him back because they are ineffective. The degree to which an organization is ineffective is directly related to the density of its rule book. The more rules it has, the less effective it will be. Why? Because effective organizations are built through relationships, not rules. And rules drive out relationship. All organizations need some rules. In F3, we have only five of them which we call core principles. To be fair, we are a group that has no payroll, owns no real property, and has a very simple mission. It would not be possible for a more complex organization, like NASA or my old gym, to operate like that. But the point remains the same. Rulemaking, while necessary to some extent, should never replace relationship building. If it does, the organization will breed bobs rather than high-impact men that will be its downfall from first lizard to bullfrog and then eventually to leech. Second, an effective organization is a mass of dynamic teams led by sua sponte leaders. The reason why lizard building is the last cue point is that the building of effective organizations requires the efforts of a virtuous leader who has fully integrated all four quadrants of preparedness into his life. He must first get right, then live right, and finally lead right before he can begin constructing legacy through the development of sua sponte leaders and the formation and deployment of dynamic teams, both of which are essential to lizard building. We chose the image of the lizard to represent an effective organization because it is light, fast, and always either in motion or prepared to move quickly. A lizard has everything it needs to survive and prosper while being weighted down with nothing it does not need. While it is small enough to be caught in one hand, it must be mighty for, as the proverb goes, it is found in king's palaces. The lizard represents movement, action taken in furtherance of purpose. Lizard organizations are effective because they exist solely to accomplish their articulated purpose, which is their disclosed and primary advantage sought. 
Finally, the virtuous leader stays 43 feet ahead of his organization's movement. The ultimate purpose of the virtuous leader is to find and implement the solution to his ultimate life problem. If he is effective, he soon discovers that his ULP is something too big for him to solve as a singleton. This leads him to combine with other like-minded men to move towards advantage and effectuate the solution. And boom! A team is born. Seeking to be efficient and potent, the virtuous leader begins developing his newborn team so that it will be dynamic and prosper. Then, because his dynamic team will only outlast him if he works himself out of a job, he develops its members into sua sponte leaders so that he himself is dispensable. Once he becomes dispensable, the virtuous leader is free to move on to build new teams. Likewise, the sua sponte leaders that he has developed in his original team can start their own teams and replicate the LDP and team development process that they learned from him. Each new team that is formed becomes part of the organization that began with the original team. Although they are not proximate, each team works towards the same purpose with decentralized and virtuous leadership. This is the powerful organization building model that we have followed to build F3. Because it works so well, I wish we could take credit for inventing it. But anyone who has read the New Testament will recognize it as the method that Christ used to build his church. He started with a small group of untrained men, formed them into a team, and then freed them to lead. He so effectively worked himself out of a job that at the time of his death, his organization only consisted of 11 men. And yet it spread throughout the world on the backs of the sua sponte leaders that he had left behind. Jesus was the original lizard builder. With that as an overview, here's the substantive portion of a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet, talking about lizard building. This is certainly the last uh, open for the year, so let's go ahead and roll it now. And we're, and we're back. back. <laughs> You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. Well, that kind of dovetails into the sustenance portion, which is lizard building. Yeah. Which now, is, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Q4.10. It is. <laughs> I mean, and we hope you are. If you happen to be following along. We hope you are. Yeah, we hope you are. Uh, it is in the fourth quadrant. It is the final yes. Q point of the Q source. Uh, the no, ultimate. Yeah, it's the 50th. Uh, it's the 50th Q point, the last mm-hmm. one. Uh, in its way, everything in the Q source builds towards this idea of construction of legacy through what you leave behind and how you do that is the building of organizations, which is uh, what the statement is for the for lizard building. It's the building of effective organizations, yes. missional, accomplished, prosperous organizations. Uh, it has, as always, darkest three thought-provoking Socratics. Yes. First is, what is the glue that holds an effective organization together? 
Mm-hmm. Second one, what does the organization chart of an effective organization look like? Mm. And third, how does a leader maintain control over an effective organization? Those are your three thought provokers. First, I've been provoked. Spur number one, effective organizations are built through relationships, not rules. And bear yes. in mind that to be, an eff- to be effective, an organization must be purposeful. Mm-hmm. Right, it has to have an articulated purpose, and it has to set about the business of achieving it. And to the degree that it does achieve it, it is effective, right? Right. And if it doesn't achieve it, it is not. Not uh, for us, um, the most effective form of organization is a lizard. Yes. Right. That's that's the uh, the very effective organization. Mm-hmm. And then there's the bullfrog, which is more about existential continuity. Right. Not so much accomplishing its articulated purpose, but continuing to exist. And then finally, there's the leech, which just eats itself and anybody... Any, anything else it can grab onto. Anything yeah. else it can grab onto. And uh, this is not... Uh, these aren't three stops along the line. This is a continuum. Right. You know, without a, a virtuous leadership... Uh, even the most effective lizard will slowly devolve into bullfrogdom. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And uh, if it has very, very bad leadership or no leadership at all, that bullfrog will ultimately become a leech. And, yeah. and, and, and we, and fall. we see many along the, the trail of the graveyard of, of organizations that have built in you know, companies, different things over the years. Right? Exactly. Now, in F3, we believe that the degree to which an organization is, is effective is directly related to the density of its rule book <laughs> the more yeah, rules right the less Sorry, memphis. effect yeah well <laughs> that's a joke memphis we yeah, you know we don't really uh, yeah, we don't really believe you're the land of rules uh because if you were you wouldn't be effective and you're right. effective and you're effective because relationships uh are what holds right. uh, holds together uh yeah. effective organizations it's about the relationships not the rules you're making rules because you're trying to compel conformity Mm-hmm. And an effective a lizard organization isn't uh, isn't that type of organization, right? And I think that's because a leader who lacks skill doesn't necessarily know a better way to do it. Like he thinks right. he's afraid because he's he's like, oh gosh, if I don't maintain control here and do right. this in this way, I'm I'm going to be in trouble because right. he doesn't know a better way. And you know, the example we use in the, this part of the Q source uh, is from my pre F three experiences in a gym I used to go to here. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yep. Every day yeah. uh, I would go at the same time. It's kind of a creature of habit. And every day there was a guy who worked at the front gate. His name was Bob. And, uh, <laughs> we'll call him Clarence. His name actually was Bob. Was it really? <laughs> it's not a, usually I pick a fake name. Sort of <laughs> yeah, but he was Bob. And uh, everybody who, and probably some of you all longtime Charlotteans know exactly who I'm talking about. And as you would file through the turnstiles at, mm-hmm. the, at the front of this gym, uh, Bob would read the card read. So you put your card and it would activate the turnstile and he could see your name pop up right. on the screen and he'd greet you by name. Beep, beep. You know, and then for people he didn't see very often, you know, he's just reading for me, you know. Right. So he saw me every day. So I thought I had kind of a relationship with Bob, you know, not like a relationship with a friend. Or, no, yeah, you, know, you weren't going and getting drinks with account, Bob. You know, just like, but, uh, like a post, like your postman. Yeah. You know, yeah, you wave, you say you're, hi. You, yeah, you're your bar, your barber. Right. You know, if you saw him out of context, like at the at the supermarket, you probably would say hello to him. He'd say hello sure. to you. You might say everything going okay. You know, really? probably wouldn't stop and say. He'd say it's a dog eat dog world out there. Right, you know, What's the best kind of turnstile? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, funny thing about uh, Bob is that I vastly overestimated even that. That that, that yes, minimal this, this relationship, relationship, right? Yeah. right? Because, and I didn't know it until one day that I showed up at the gym and I realized I'd forgotten my card. Mm-hmm. 
which is very unusual for me to do something like that. In fact, I had it on a, a uh, piece of 550 cord, which is you know, <laughs> mil- military parachute cord. Yeah. And I put that thing around my neck every morning when I got, got right. to, you know, so I wouldn't forget it. Anyway, I wasn't worried because, you know, right. Bob knows me. Bob knows me. And as I approached the turnstile, I was like, hey, Bob, forgot my card today. And expecting him just kind of, you know, right. pass me through. But, and I, you know, I was so sure that that was going to happen. I was coming at kind of top speed, you right. know, <laughs> trying to get in there and make I sure got I got a treadmill to get got, on. You know, I know my particular weight bench. That's know? right. Like, There's nine of them, but I had to have mine. <laughs> and, uh, he didn't. I, that turnstile didn't budge. I just uh, jack thunk. Yeah, I just tomahawked over. <laughs> and Bob, being an elderly uh, retirement retired gent, yeah. I was like, figured he just didn't hear me. I said, Bob, Bob, sorry, man, I forgot my car today. And he looked at me. He goes, You got to have your car to get in, sir. I was like, Sir, what's sir. up? It's me, Dave. And he, I was like, Well, Bob, I forgot my car today. And he's like, You know, those are the rules. I don't make them. I just enforce them, kind of stuff. Right. And uh, he had to get his boss. You know, yeah. it was... Uh, Bob was not empowered right. to let a man in. So his boss was this very uh, efficient young mm. woman who came over and looked up in the computer and saw that I was paid up and uh, she let me in. And uh, I was a little miffed about it. She was not apologetic whatsoever. Mm-mm. So, I, you know, that's when it dawned on me that I had a misconception about this organization of which I was a member. Yeah. You know, and it, it wasn't just a gym. It's also a service organization of right. sorts, you know. Right. Uh, and uh, they would, you know, seek contributions. And in fact, a, the, a membership's kind of overpriced. Right. Because they use because money. theoretically, yeah, you're theoretically, yeah, right? given some of the comments. Uh, and uh, I realized it's, this is a different kind of organization than I viewed it. It was about the rules, yeah. right? Not the relationships. And I started noticing other things about it. Um, but there was an awful lot of signs on the wall. You know, I hadn't really noticed that before, right. you know, and, and these signs were all very dictatorial. Like, the, And one I remember in particular said, be responsible, big bold letters, be responsible. Use only gym certified personal trainers. And I'm like, not that I was kind of critical suddenly of my gym. I asked right. Bob about that. He's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's above my pay grade, Dave. <laughs> it's like, right. you got a card to get out of here? <laughs> so I asked the uh, very efficient young lady about yes. it. Uh. And she said, well, you know, we're trying to encourage the use of... Uh, I was like, but why is it a matter of responsibility? Yeah, help me. Yeah. And uh, I think she could see through my very thinly veiled, uh, you know, lawyer-like questioning mm. that just... Right. I was not asking a good faith. Right. You know, right. Uh, shortly after this experience, uh, after he started, so I don't have to think, think about it anymore. Yeah. But it's it's kind of stuck with me, you know, that this uh, this organization was built on rules, and you were expected to comply with the rules, and if you didn't, then there was no relationship to to bail that out. And Bob did not have the initiative; he didn't right. have the authority, right? Right, and wasn't encouraged. To say, ah, it's just Dave. He's here every day. He's probably right. good. And what if he were? What if he's not paid up for one day? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All the machines burned to the ground. <laughs> That's right. But he didn't have that authority. Right. And he wasn't encouraged to take that initiative because what he was encouraged to do was enforce the rules. In fact, that's what that's what Bob was all about. Yeah. Right? The efficient young lady had no interest in trusting Bob no. to do anything. That's right. That's he was right. there to to right. do one thing. Exactly right. So, Bob, you know, Bob we, had a job. Bob had a job. <laughs> We've built F3 differently, right? We don't have rules. Right. We have uh, core principles, and we have five of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a pretty thin rule book. Right. We don't usually have people asking us um, questions to enforce, to enforce the rules. Really, we ask, they're asking us four rules. Uh, yes. 
you know, and uh, what's your stand on? Yeah, and I, you know, yeah. I could sit down and write you the twenty rules that that the members of the nation wish we had. I think, or, or periodically ask about. Sure, you know, uh, you know, for example, what's the youngest. Uh, right. a, a, you know, yeah. a, a guy could. Be Can I bring my kid? Kind of, right. Yeah. I mean, that question comes up periodically. Yeah. And you know, we we always say the same thing, which is, you know, you have to make that decision right. on the ground. What right? if a woman runs near us? <laughs> that's right. right. You know, or you know, there's a you know, I have a daughter that's been coming. You know, right. should, you know, and that's, you know, we got core principles, man. Right. And you know, you you can figure out figure as leaders out. to to live by them. We're not looking to create a bunch of bobs out there enforcing rules and and admonishing people to be responsible and do what we say, we're kind of encouraging guys to be free to lead right. and figure it out for themselves. Uh, and hopefully the relationships that we're building as we do this will be what makes our organization different, which keeps us a lizard, mm -hmm. keeps us from turning into a bullfrog. And, you know, to be fair to my old gym, you know, uh, we don't have a mortgage, you know, <laughs> right. we don't have a, we don't have a monthly nut that we got to hit to pay off all our equipment, all that stuff. You know, we're, right. you know, we're using the great so, outdoors. Yeah. And uh, so it's a little easier for us to do that. Uh, it's a lot easier, you know, for us to do that. But that's kind of how you turn from a lizard to a bullfrog. Right. You start adding a lot of this right. overheady kinds of things. And that's right. Yeah. And to turn the kingdom to turn all the way back to, uh, you know, the bullfrog, bullfrog <laughs> starfish and the spider. Uh -huh. uh, turn all the way back to that. You know, the the way that the the the. Uh, U.S. Army finally overcame the Apaches mm, mm -hmm. uh, was to give each man a cow. Right. So he cared about it more right. than anything else. Right. He made them pro they made them property owners. Yeah. So we're trying to avoid that. All right. Yeah. Second spur. An effective organization is a mass of dynamic teams led by sua sponte leaders. So picture the lizard, right? It's fast. It's effective. You know, it can be found anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think crawls up walls. Crawls up walls. It's got everything it needs, yeah. but nothing it doesn't have to have. Right. Right. That's that's the whole key. And that's what a that's what an effective a lizard organization looks like. It's got everything it needs and maybe two of everything it must have that's mission essential. Right. But it's got absolutely nothing that it, it doesn't. Right. You picture the bullfrog, bloated, right? Right. Just Slow. accumulated crap. And it's just who knows. And, the only yeah. thing that moves fast is tongue because it's flicking out and catching flies, right? right? That's the only thing that's moving fast for a bullfrog. And it its size allows it to dominate its particular lily pad. Because mm -hmm. as we know, right, nothing static in nature, man. No. Nope. That lily pad is <laughs> eroding. That's even right. Though the bullfrog doesn't realize it. That's right. And by the time it disappears, it'll be too big fat to, to do, anything uh, about it. do anything about it. Because where a lizard is about movement to something of advantage, right, for the organization it's uh the bullfrog is a place of existential continuity that's all it really cares about yeah um in truth it's driven nothing by nothing more than that bullfrog who's yeah. just continued desire to exist so uh the lizard doesn't really need all those rules right yeah you know because it's incentivizing with carrots rather than inhibiting with sticks and by doing that we get to capture the the genius of our sua sponte leaders and yeah. harness that. So w one of the reasons I love the podcast system that we use and listen to other podcasts is particularly C-SPANs because I love to listen to guys get on there that uh, I've never heard of a guy before and he just starts describing some, you know, uh, community service thing that they've, mm -hmm. you know, they've yeah. put into motion and just, just talking about how they've done this, they've done that and they used that for leadership principles to do it and we don't know anything about it. No. <laughs> And nobody asked for approval. No, I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody does. Like we said, the first time, I think this is free to leave where it says, yeah. first time it was uh, Rock had gotten, uh, you know, 
a brain tumor, right? And he couldn't, right. he got to operate it on. And, you know, the guys in that just baby little F3 were like, hey, can we, uh, you know, can we, can we mow, can we go over to Rock's house and mow his lawn? I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Can, we, can we wear our F3 shirts when we do it? I'm like, yeah. So the first time they asked my permission for some reason. Yeah. Second time, you know, something like that happened. You know, they, they did it and told me about it after. Right. Third hey, time, and I never even knew. Never, yeah, right. <laughs> never knew, right. And now we're irrelevant. And now we're irrelevant, right? So that's that's kind of what you, you want. You want the energy, the energy of the groups, members focused on serving the organization rather than climbing some kind of pyramid. Right. Right, trying right. to work the work the system. Right. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. In, in a lizard. There's no system to work. It's flat. Mm-hmm. Like you said before, the, something like me being at the top. There's no top. You know, Fair. It's, it's flat, right? It's just it's well, and the way that you you've described it to me, and the way that I, that makes sense to me is everyone has a has something that needs to get done, and your job to get done is no more important. Uh, than my job to get nope. done, and my job to get done is no more important right. than Kitty's job to get done, or fit, you know anybody right. else's job to get done. Like it's all just stuff that's got to get done. It's just got to get done, and so we just all jump in and do it. And so there's no like, I mean, I, <laughs> I, it's preposterous in my mind, like I, to say, oh, I think I'm gonna fire someone out of you know, like well, what do you uh, mean? Like, right, right. like you can sense. Tahoe them, right? That's different. Totally it's very different. different. So you know, our belief here is that any any organization can be built along these lines you know and uh now we only have nine years to go by on this but uh we believe it to be true we have we think it's a three-step process if you want to build an effective organization this Mm -hmm. way in this kind of lizard fashion step one is to develop sui sponte leaders and we've talked a lot about that on this podcast how you how you go about that right that's really that's why i say this this last cue point is just the culmination of all those previous cue points but if you have a leadership development process by which you're building sui sponte leaders those guys are going to act Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna make things happen, or they're gonna leave, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, once you one way or another, yeah. You know, once you've developed, and they're gonna leave, right? Yeah. So first step one, develop sponte leaders. Step two, form and deploy the dynamic teams, right? Mm-hmm. So if you form those teams, those uh, groups that are in close proximity and purposeful, and they're dynamic, right? They're explosive and purposeful. They're gonna make something happen. Yeah. And you form multiple dynamic teams and you link them together within a larger organization. And then all you got to do is step three and that's commit yourself to saying 43 feet ahead of what you created. Right. And that's what we are. That's all we're doing. About the business of trying to do. And, you know, you take Hello Kitty, for example. I I don't think I knew. Well, I know I didn't know who that guy was until you were like, hey, some guy just started a podcast. I know. <laughs> and then he was like, I was like, I was like where? He happens to be in Charlotte today. He, and we're going to go have. Is, a, no, I knew drink. about him before that. I mean, but I mean, that's when I first met him. But oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. first I heard you. of him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, it's called Pick Up the Six. Oh yeah, I know. I remember. That's right. Right. And I was like, I listened to. It. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, did you tell me that? He's like, nope. Uh, <laughs> okay. Just kind of came out of nowhere. Just kind of came out of nowhere, and. It didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of the brain of a guy, of a sua sponte leader taking individual initiative. Yeah. He understood the, the mission of F3. He didn't need a lot. He didn't need any guidance. Right. Or he just needed the minimal guidance, right? He just needed the, you know, the, the direction in which we're moving. Right. Yeah. Well, he needed to understand the the mission and the, and the overall, like you said, the vision of where right. we're headed. But then all he really needed was his brain unlocked. That's right. He saw advantage in having a six-minute podcast. Right. And, and he knew that he was free within this lizard of f3 to implement that mm-hmm. uh and then when we found out about it we're like yeah that's great yeah it was awesome so boom why not and yeah. that's exactly how it kind of works you know and boom a team is formed right and if you build an organization that way it will be dynamic and prosperous because it's dependent on teams yeah on dynamic teams not a labyrinth 
of an organizational structure that people are just climbing around like rats, you yeah. know, trying to get the top of the heap. I, I will say this, uh, you know, and then you have these same friends who work for, uh, let's just say as an example, a large financial institution. Sure. Uh, We're always picking on the banks, right? I know. Yeah. Well, that's just because, it, well, it's proximate to us and we see it, right? So, but it could be anywhere. It doesn't really matter, but right. I see it here. I can't remember the last time that I talked to some of these guys where they didn't tell me, oh, we had another reorgan. You know, yeah, the reorganization, right. in the, you know, and you're like, what are you shuffling around over there? Yeah, Does anyone do anything? Right. I don't even understand. Spend you know? all our time, yeah. you know, reorganizing. Yeah, right? moving moving index cards from one side of the whiteboard to the other or something. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Well, it's like the three envelope guy, you know, three envelope joke when you right. take over a new yeah. job. First envelope says blame your predecessor. Second right. one says reorganize. Third says make three envelopes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of what you do. But you don't, yeah. you don't have to do that in a lizard because the organization is malleable. And it'll conform itself to the requirements of the organization, yeah. right? What what the organization needs to happen. And a lot of times, as the leaders, you don't know what the organization... I did not actually know we needed a Pick Up the Six podcast. What? How would did, you know? Did did not know that. Well, you wouldn't know until it happened. Right. Right? Did not know that. And and it turns out as well, and we've seen this in, in some other ways too, if we didn't need it, it would have died. It would have died. So Grow Ruck is another good example. Yeah. You know, that started with an effort on our part to spread the culture and, and find out a way to connect with some of the regions that we know we're going to see these guys. How do we do it? Yeah. You know, we're just, we're coming to town, you know, and that's how it just started. Our idea was have a couple beers on a Friday and a Saturday, do a workout and then go home, you know, and then right. now it's turned into a, to a thing that's effective because it, because it's needed. Right. It helps the organization prosper. So that's, and, and leaders have developed around that and guys have seen advantage and oh my gosh that's the way a lizard should be able to move that's why a lizard yeah. can move the way it does because it's it's free to do so because w- with what you ideally what you want is sua sponte leaders who build dynamic teams then when they recognize that the team is big enough or it's competent without him right like he's made himself dispensable uh-huh. he can move on yeah and it, and and that 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 just it grows into well, something. And not all he's going to do is go start something else. Amazing, That's right. you know. That's right. And then <laughs> ultimately, so you have these self-generating teams. Yeah. This structure within organizations, just self-generating teams, that are all working towards the same purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't have to really govern that. No, that's that's what has been the most. I think one of the coolest things is just to watch how it just sort of naturally, organically happens. Right. That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, I really wish. I could take credit for some sort of genius, like stroke of genius. But the truth of the matter is all I really do is model it on a couple of of successful organizations. One is one is the Christian church. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. any particular denomination. I mean, it's a movement. You watch it. I mean, and even if you're not a believer, yeah, you can still watch. Well, historically, you'd have to admit that, you know, Jesus started with 11 men. (laughs) Pretty effective. (laughs) And on the day he started, he was he died. Mm hmm. So you know, spent three years developing a team, and then he disappeared, and those eleven men have turned into a gigantic organization. Right. That's not free of problems or challenges no, or anything, but the, pretty widespread. The challenges and problems it has usually arise from their turn. The organization is turning away from that original model, right? Creating hierarchy, becoming bullfroggy, becoming bullfroggy, yeah. and with you know ring kissing and all sorts of you know stuff <laughs> right, right right but when it when it stays lizardly that's when it it's it's most purposeful so you know that that model is something that w- was a guiding light to us but another one is the way that the, the special operations is in the military yeah you know so i was a special forces a team leader i had 12 guys 
you know, that number has some sort of significance, right? <laughs> just like 12, uh, 12 disciples, just like right. 12 members of a jury. Right. In fact, in a jury, it does form itself into a, a, a truth-finding machine. Hmm. Uh, if you try the case correctly, you may not like the truth that it finds. Sure. Because it could work against you. But nonetheless, that's, that's what, what it happens. is. That's, yeah. that's, that's what it does. And I see that significance now in the number of 12. It, it's not a random number. It really is the biggest number of team members you can put together that they can still maintain proximity and be purposeful above yeah. that it's very difficult and yeah and there's some plus or minus in there obviously right but, right you know once you start getting up too big right it, it's impossible to, to keep track of everything that's a go, good so. rule of thumb as you build an organization you're like how do i know when to build start another team what would what number yeah well i got 12 guys start another team. start another team <laughs> start another no team. right fill another need yeah. right no it's absolutely true and then you link them all together and you form an organization and that organization for us, if you look at F3, is just a, it's just a series of teams, right? Right. It's just a huge conglomeration of teams that's very loosely held together through the shared leadership team, which we've called the XG. I guess we're going to call it something new. I don't oh, know. We're going to call it. Yeah. The more we share leadership, the more effective it, it has become, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what you think. You're like, oh, if we give up control, right. who knows what it's, happens. Uh, as it's turned out, it's going to go chaos. Yeah, and... that hasn't happened, right? No. Because um, when you govern a lizard, all you really need is point the way forward and then re- rely on the individual initiative and the reverse flow incubator that will just yeah. bubble up. Yeah. It just happened for us. All the good things that happen in F3 come f- not from us. They come from the men, the yep. teams that come up with these ideas. All we really do is say, hey, that's a great idea. Yeah, we're going to steal right. that now. Stamp, stamp F3 on that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> And, and and also, you know, it makes it gives you the ability a to move fast, right? Because they're operating without restrictions, so they move fast. It also gives you ability to fail, right? You know, because it's never a critical no. failure. It's I mean, we're not dumping all our mixed eggs in one basket, right. right? And if something gets tried and it doesn't work, abandon it. No problem. That's right. Well, you know, learn from it. Sure. But then, but then abandon. Yeah, but it's, it's as we've talked about you know, when we talked about failure on the podcast. Like it, it it's not a. Uh, it's not a, a an ending event. It is not something that that kills the organization if right. there's failure. It's like not it's a just, it's not a terminal event. It's part thank of the leadership you, development. Yeah. 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 It's, it's part of the leadership development process, right? Yeah. Now, if you are a leader in one of these types of organizations, all you really need to do is help the organizations to stay lizardly, mm-hmm. right? By being adverse to rules and being prone to relationships, but also you yourself need to constantly reinforce your own guardrails. Yeah. So you're in a relational rhythm because the thing you're bringing to the organization is that impact. Right. Is that relational rhythm. So, I mean, that's that's what you need to spend most of your time doing. For me, this year has been tough. Right. To do that. You know, I've had more than one challenge. But, you know, I think I said to you, I was like, it was like I finished the book. We got it published. And then <laughs> God or the Sky Q or Bob right. Dylan's Windstorm decided to show me that it's actually mostly correct because I've failed to apply something and then something's happened, right? So uh, it really is like uh, I come, you know, I wrote all all great ideas. Now let's test them. Now let's test them. Oh, okay, great. But the testing has been painful. Always is. Always is. Always is. So reinforce your role, your guardrail, so you can be in a relational rhythm because that's how you don't lose sight of knowing what your role is, right? Yes. Got to know what your role is. And that role for the leader within an Elizabeth organization is to live third. Yeah. 
Place yourself behind the creator. Place yourself behind the interests of the people within the organization. You're going to be fine. And above all, remember, it is to love. Because without love, the whole thing's not going to matter at all. You know, it will implode upon itself. It'll implode with with love. Even if you don't, if you're not perfect, right? The organization is going to thrive and prosper. Without love, it doesn't matter what you do. And you can't develop that. You can't just say, "Oh man, I love you, man." Like that is something you have to develop uh, through your own failures, right. through your own relational rhythm challenges, through all the different things right. that you have, and through the humility that comes from, sure. you know, bumping into some stuff every once in a while. And humility means you know setting yourself aside, right? Yeah. You're not to, you're not going to be the straw that stirs the drink. You know, you're not going to be the hammer that pounds the nail. You you know, you're going to be the nail sometimes, That's right? right? And I'd rather be the hammer than the nail. I would, uh. if I only could. I surely would. But that's just not the way it is. Not always. You know, Franklin? Yes, sir. It's been a good run. It has. But you still got a face for it. <laughs> well, this is still a podcast. It still is. It is. I'd rather be a handler than a nail. Yes, I would. If I only could, I surely would. Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front.